Welcome back to Decom Colon Collected. I'm Kelly. And I'm Elizabeth. And this week we watched Den Brother. Yeah. Fair warning, I'm super tired and I fucking hated this movie. So <laughs> I get out. August 13th, 2010. We're on number 90. 90. 90. We were 90th entering, episode. We were entering eighth grade when this movie came out. Yeah. <laughs> And neither of us watched it back then, so that tells you, again, what we were watching back then, not this. But I did want to talk about the cast of this movie, as we always do. Yeah. <laughs> the main star of yeah. all of our hearts, Genevieve Han- Hanelius. 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 Yeah. Um, she was an American Vandal. Yes! Okay. <laughs> have we, we talked, love American Vandal. Have we talked I don't about think American? we've talked about it. Have we not talked about American Vandal? American Vandal is one of the... The first season is one yes. of the greatest television shows of the past decade, and it did not get the respect it deserved. Yeah, it's a Netflix original, and one of at least their funniest Netflix original. It is a parody of like a true crime doc, like you know, Netflix does their true crime documentaries, but this is like a parody of a true crime documentary. But it's also like very insightful. Well, yeah, it's very like retrospective towards the end and you're like wait a minute whoa 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 these are teenagers I shouldn't be so harsh on them yeah I I really loved it so much because they were like the main characters they were all in high school we were out of high school whenever it came out yeah and it I feel like it really showed like the use of social media in a way that wasn't like stupid or condescending well and it wasn't cringy like it wasn't out of date it made sense it was like a true portrayal Right, because, well, I feel like whenever you sort of watch, like, teen shows or whatever, and it's just, like, the way that they have social media in it. Like, it's really, like, central to the plot is social media, but whenever they have, like, teens using social media or whatever, it's just so stupid. They're just like, hold on, guys, let me get a selfie for Insta, like, for no reason, and, like, I hate it so much. (laughs) Like, it's so hard to explain, too, without, like, any good examples. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, in the show, uh, Gia Genevieve, Genevieve, yes, plays Krista Carlisle, (gasps) who fucking did it. I yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna ask. I think she did it. Yeah, if you never watched American Vandal, spoiler, (laughs) she drew the fucking dicks. (laughs) Yeah. So the whole true crime is who spray painted dicks onto the faculty's cars. Yeah. And there's one sub suspect everyone wants to blame, but the documentary is made by these two students who say, "What if it's not him?" Because it's, it's other people. Krista Carlisle, a.k.a. G. Hanelius. We see you. I think it is Krista. But, I mean, obviously he got caught doing the second digs. But that, that that's where it gets all introspective. <laughs> yeah. I think it was Krista, too. Um, I wonder if that's, like, across people who watched it, if that's the, what they There's not a big enough on. fan base. I know. Uh, or, like, diehard fan base. Right. Yeah, but also, if you do end up watching it, per our suggestion... Did we even say it's American Vandal? Yeah. Um, if you do watch it per our suggestion, just skip the second season. It's not worth it. There's one part that I enjoyed, and that's the part where the guy on purpose shit his face. <laughs> no, I just don't think it's worth it. Especially after season one. Like, yeah, it does not they, live up to it in any way, shape, or form. They tried to do it again, but they it, they just couldn't top it. I mean, they were trying to make it different so it wasn't the yeah. same thing again, but... I think it would have been funnier if there was, like, a, a, like, copycat crime. Yeah. Like, someone else drawing dicks. Yeah, the second season is all about, um, 
who poisoned the cafeteria food to make the entire student body shit their pants. It's a different school, too. Yeah. So the first one, you had a bunch of dick, dick jokes, and the second one, you had a bunch of shit jokes. I personally enjoyed dick jo- jokes more than shit jokes. I mean, I didn't think the shit jokes were, like, I, like, I don't find shit jokes crude or, like, inappropriate, so that's fine. I just don't find them funny. I just didn't think, th- I didn't think the season as a whole and the idea as a whole was as funny or fresh as American Vandal, like, the first season. Season one, yes. Yeah. Um, you so may, that's her most important role. Yes. <laughs> you may have also seen G. Hanelius in Dog with a Blog. <laughs> she played, the, she was in the family that had the dog who had the blog. Mm-hmm. She was also in Good Luck Charlie and Sunny with a Chance. She was also in the knockoff of Mike's super short show called Leo Little's Big Show. Oh, wait. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. okay, it's, some, it's coming back. Exactly. Oh, oh they would no. would do the same thing that Mike's Super Short Show did, where whenever, like, one of the movies was coming out to DVD, they'd be like, this is the movie, and these are the special features, and you should buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so her and this other kid were the knockoff. Not Mike and Sally. No. Not my Mike's Super Short Show. Not Allison Stoner. Mike's Super Short Show. Exactly. We're gonna get copyrighted. <laughs> I don't think we are. <laughs> Um, this movie also had, the star of it is a man named Hutch Dano, which is a terrible name. (laughs) Sorry, Mr. Dano. Um, he was in a Disney Channel show called Zeke and Luther, which was past our time. I think that was on Disney Disney XD. XD. Yeah. That was, Disney XD was, like, targeted to young boys. Yeah. Um, he was also in the Ramona and Beezus movie. He played Henry Huggins. Yeah. (laughs) I know I talked about the Ramona and Beezus movie, so I won't talk about it again. Right. Um, next we have Vicki Lewis, who played Dina. She, you may uh, find her familiar. She is the voice of the fish Deb and her sister Flo in Finding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> like the little blue fish who's like, my name is Deb and this is my sister Flo, but Flo is just her reflection. And she's like, hi, how are you? <laughs> Um, she was also Ms. Bitterman in Sunny with a Chance, the onset teacher for all the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I only remember that because <laughs> there, I don't know what the episode was about or why they showed this, but she was in a one-woman production of 12 Angry Men, and it was just her in, like, 12 <laughs> different costumes going, I'm so angry! <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, a top-tier Amanda show type joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, next we have Kelsey as Beale, who played Matisse. She played Gigi in One Tree Hill, and I do not remember who that I was. looked it up, because I didn't remember Gigi either. She's the co-host. You know how Mouth does, like, the play-by-plays? The, oh! The, no, oh! Yeah, the newscasting. And she dates Mouth. And then Mouth breaks up with her whenever he goes away to college, because she's, like, a year younger or something. Oh, that's, I was like, she looks so familiar, but I couldn't, like, And the craziest thing is, she was in One Tree Hill before she was in this show, (laughs) or in this movie, and it was, like, years before, because this was 2010, and One Tree Hill came out in, like, 2003. She must have been, like, 25 at this point. (laughs) Yeah, so, it was weird. Uh, she was also in Pair of Kings, which was another Disney XD show, and, uh, the Fargo television show, and Teen Wolf, if you watch that. Nope. Um, next we have David Lambert, who played Goose, who is in The Fosters. Yeah, he is Brandon Foster in The Fosters, and he also does, like, guest appearances in Good Trouble, because that's, like, the spinoff with Callie and Mar- Mariana. 
But, um, yeah, he was their, he was the one mom's biological son, and then he kept, him and Callie, like, dated on and off, but they had adopted Callie, so it was, like, weird. And they really, like, pushed it till the very end. It was very annoying. They even had the episode where he, like, gets married, and they have this, like, moment of, like, should we be together? Should we not be together? And I'm like, you're getting married. I was not a fan of that relationship, so. Yeah. Don't marry your sister. <laughs> I mean, biological or not, it's just kind of weird. weird. <laughs> so. Um, and then one of the little bumblebees, her, she was played by a girl named Kiara Muhammad, and she is Dr. McStuffins herself. <laughs> Doc McStuffins. Doc McStuffins. <laughs> Um, and then lastly, the dad is played by Maurice Godin, who, if you have watched Friends as many times as I have, you'll recognize him from the two-part episode when Rachel has her baby. He plays Janice's deaf husband. <laughs> when, uh, Rachel, she's in labor for so long, and she's in this room, and all the women keep getting wheeled out, but she's still in labor, and then the final woman to come in is Janice, and she comes in, and she's like, oh my god, and she's like, I got married, he's partially deaf, and they're like, oh, makes sense. (laughs) Janice is my favorite character from the (laughs) television show Friends. Anyway, that's all I have for people. Um, I know that the person who played the neighbor, Mrs. I just named, I just called her Mrs. J because I never wrote down her full last name. I called her neighbor for a long time. So did I. Uh, she was in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I didn't it wasn't really anything that I recognized. It. it was like a lot of stuff though. So she was like fairly yeah, famous. She's, yeah, like I would say like she had a successful career, but not to the point of like recognizable. Yeah. But, like, you, if you look through her disco- or, uh, filmography, you'd find stuff that you'd probably yeah, see. Yeah, so it wasn't, like, anything I'd really seen, but... Um, stuff you, you'd heard of, at least. You. <laughs> you. Listener. Listeners. <laughs> she was in Judging Amy. I do remember that. I didn't write it down, but she was. Yeah. <laughs> um, so shall we begin? Yeah, let's jump into Den Brother. Den Brother. Uh, so we start at a high school hockey game. Um, the... Ice hounds are down. Ice hounds, yeah, they're down. The... The announcer wonders why the best player, Alex, is on the bench. You don't fucking do that. You don't... If you're an announcer, you're not, like, the best player. Like, you can obviously, like, be excited. Like, it's, like, sort of, like, common knowledge. Like, I don't think whenever, like, Michael Jordan went out to play, (laughs) people were like, oh, Michael Jordan is the best player on the team. Why isn't everyone else as good as him? Well, and they could have also just been, like, superstar. Like, they, right. they could have just used language that implies, like, yes, he's a very good player. Yeah. Like, I feel like this script really, like, they did not, like, they assumed that their audience was just so fucking stupid, and they had to, like, lay everything out, like, point by point. Well, and I think some of it, too, was probably just them being lazy, because this isn't that important yeah. to the story. Um, yeah, so he, Alex is the player, he, like, someone gets, uh, gets taken out, so he immediately goes on. I don't know how hockey works, so I don't know if you're like, hey, Alex, go out. He just goes out himself. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the coach is also like, you are the best player on our yeah, team. You don't do that. Hope. Like, you all know who the best player is, but no one says it. <laughs> yeah. Whenever, so, yeah, so he gets on, he scores, and he earns, yeah, he earns another record, but they're still down by one. Yes, and so his other team members say, and friend, we don't deserve you, and the announcer says, why can't every player be as good as Alex? Why? (laughs) 
Maybe we're seeing this from his point of view. Like, this is what he's hearing. At first, I was like, is this, like, a dream or a fantasy? Because it was so <laughs> ridiculous and, like, the way that they're talking about him. Well, yeah. So, they call, like, a timeout or something and they're on the bench with everyone. And so, his friend Danny slash Goose. They call him Goose, but I, I saw his name on IMDb first. So, Goose is like, oh, after we go back in, I have this play that we can do and we're going to win. And... Alex is just like, no, I'm not going to do that. So whenever they get out, uh, Goose starts trying to do that play. And then Alex steals the puck from him. And from they're his own They're, teammate. like, fighting back and forth. So they both lose it. And then the other team gets it and scores. Yeah. So they lose. And no one is like, Alex, what the fuck? Yeah, Except no one, for Goose. No one yells at him until after the game when Goose is like, hey, dude, what the hell? And he's like... I'm so excited because I got a hat trick and I'm showing off to everyone and I'm amazing. And he's like, okay, what about our team losing? And he's like, well, our team isn't going to go to playoffs anyway. He's so like, it I don't matter. care. As long as I look good and I make the high school all-star team, who cares? Yeah. And Goose is like, me. But does not call him out that much. Yeah. I would have yelled at him a lot more if I was his friend. <laughs> yeah. Goose, I don't know why he's friends with Alex. Yeah, so Alex is going home to take care of his little sister. He's biking home, and he runs over the neighbor's flowers with his bike. He looks back and doesn't even apologize. Another way to prove that he's just a selfish punk. Yeah. Um, he gets home, dad yells at him for being late, um, and Alex is like, well, you know, you could come to more hockey games, and dad's like, I'm a single father, and I have to provide for this family, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I have to go to work, bye. Um, so dad tells Alex tomorrow to pick up Emily from her Bumblebee meeting at school. Um, and then we get the scene where Alex and Emily, like, playfully fight over the, over the remote. Emily is, like, eight, seven to eight years younger than Alex, but you can tell that they're, they're, like, friendly. They get along. Yeah. Well, Um, and there's no mom, because of course there's not, so. Yeah. So this scene, like, it's just, like, or this movie is just, like, scene, 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 scene. There's, like, nothing, like, and they're all so short. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, immediately, Alex walks into Emily's troop meeting. Um, we learn that her uh, troop leader is moving, and there's no other moms that can do it, so the troop is going to get dismantled, and all the other girls are going to be put into other troops. I don't understand why all of them couldn't just join one troop. I don't know. Because, like, oh, I was going to bring this up. So, I did Girl Scouts, and you did Girl Scouts, too, like, back in the yeah. day. and. I don't know the rules, but I we didn't have, like, a cap on how many people we could have. Because our numbers definitely fluctuated over the years. Yeah, we, um, I did Girl Scouts up until, like, the middle of high school. Um, like, in the beginning, like, almost all the girls in my class were there. So I want to say, yeah. like, at least 20. Yeah. Um, and obviously, like... You said, like, yet the other day, like, why don't they just use Girl Scouts instead of, like, creating all these other troops? I think it's just so that they can make rules for themselves. That makes sense. To, like, sense. cater to the plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so the girls are all sad because they're going to be put into other groups. Emily even says <laughs> her, Ursula, and Tina are best friends, and they're the reason this troop formed. There's one other girl. Yeah, Rachel <laughs> goes, what about me? And she goes, Rachel's sort of our friend, too. Okay. <laughs> Hello, this is not in the spirit of the bumblebees. <laughs> not the Girl Scouts. Um, Alex tries to cheer them up, but... Well, he's just like, you can all just use puppy dog eyes and guilt one of your moms into doing it. Yeah, they're like, no, like, we won't get a mom to agree in time for Camperee. The biggest event of the year. 
Um, the troop leader just, like, abruptly leaves and leaves Alex in charge. Well, yeah, she's like, just make sure that they all get home, which, again, you would not do. You would not leave them with a, like, 16-year-old boy. Right. Emily asks him to run the meeting, so he begins doing that, um, and they're like, okay, like, what do we do? One girl suggests that they look at pictures of cute boys, um, but Emily suggests that they try and go for it. So when Alex asks, Alex asks what a go for it is, one of the girls goes, it's when we go and try a new activity, craft, or skill. Like, yeah. <laughs> if <laughs> I was a Girl Scout and someone was like, what do you do as Girl Scouts? We as Girl Scouts follow the code. Like, <laughs> yeah. Girl, they don't, kids don't talk like that. <laughs> well, also, you can't just do a go for it. You have to have all of their parents' permission before you do this. Right. Because Alex is like, oh, I have the best idea. He takes them to a hockey rink or takes them to an ice skating rink to teach them hockey. He does not have any permission slips. We don't even know how they got there. I guess they walked there because he doesn't doesn't have a car. car. (laughs) Yeah. So they go, and he's, like, teaching them how to play hockey, and they're not really having fun because they're like, we don't want to do this. And that's whenever Titus, Alex's nemesis, comes over and starts making fun of him. And he's like, even these girls are better than you. He's on the rival hockey team. Yeah. And Alex goes over and starts a fight. I want to say at this point, the Zamboni comes out, but it's literally just sitting there waiting for everyone to get off the ice. Yeah, Alex goes and starts a fight, and then we just cut to him with raw steak on his eye, icing his black eye. Do people really do that? People use, like, vegetables. Like, I've seen people do that in real life, like frozen vegetables. They're gonna get, like, a parasite. Yeah, (laughs) do not put raw meat on your face. Um, Emily tells Alex that today was the best meeting ever, and then she goes... If mom were alive, would she bring me to the meetings? Okay. <laughs> yeah, just casually, and Alex is just like, yeah. I feel like it would make more sense if she were like, if mom were alive, do you think she would be our troop, like, step up and be our troop leader? But she's like, would you think she would drive me to the meetings like any normal parent would? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but Emily's like, well, I'm glad you're here to take me to the meetings, Alex. Yeah. So the next day at school, again, we just cut. It's literally just, like, scene to scene to scene. Yeah. At school. We don't even get, like, a little, like, transition, like, from night to day. No. (laughs) It's nothing. So at school, Alex is talking to Goose at his locker. He's staring at this girl, Matisse, because... Her name is Matisse. Yeah, like the artist. Yeah. Like Henry Matisse. I... (laughs) Are there... Are there, like, French people out there who are really named Matisse? I don't... I've never met a person named Matisse, but maybe... Uh, uh, he's talking about how he's had this crush on her forever, but she won't agree to go out with him. I fucking wonder why, because you're a horrible person. And Goose is just like, pick anyone else. Everyone's in love with you, Alex. You're the star of the hockey team. You. And he's like, but she's different. Also, Alex is just casually carrying a hockey stick in the middle of school. I mean, no Chad reason. Chad carried a basketball in all of High School Musical, so I don't think we have any room to judge. Chad was a himbo. It made more sense. <laughs> so is Alex. Alex knows nothing. Chad is more likable. Well, yeah. So I'll let it slide, and I'm not going to let it slide for Alex. No. Yeah, so Alex goes to talk to Matisse, and she's like, she asks about his black eye, and then she calls him out for stealing the puck from his best friend. The only person to do this, apparently. She's yeah. like, hey, I thought that maybe you got that for stealing the puck from your best friend and losing the the team, the game. She's like, also, you're a terrible friend to Goose. Yeah, and then Alex just, like, plays it off, and he's like, oh, gotta do what you gotta do, and then he- and then he's like, hey, do you want to go out? And she's like, no, I'm busy. And he's like, are you really busy? And she's like, I don't think you want to know the answer to that. And then he's like, I'm super popular, and I just want you to know that if you do this, you might regret it. And I'm going to f- find someone else to date. And she's just like, 
Bye. Fuck you. There's, like, no other indication of him being popular besides other people saying that he's popular. And then him saying that he's popular. Yeah, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is also when Matisse kicks his stick and knocks him over for being a dick, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I guess he was leaning on his hockey stick. Um, Alex goes back to Goose, and he's like, she won't go out with me because I don't have a car. So Alex has to convince Dad to get him a car or be able to get money fast. Yeah, so then we cut to the game. Alex makes a dramatic entrance. Like, the ref goes over to the coach and is like, if Alex isn't here, like, he's gonna get suspended. Why does he keep pulling shit uh, like this? Why don't they just start the game without him? I like, don't they know. have subs. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe he has to be on the bench to be on the team, but no, they don't do that later, so who fucking no, knows? like, I've definitely showed up late to, like, sports games. <laughs> well, this is high school hockey. I don't know how high school hockey works. I didn't play. I don't think it's any different. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's so, when he comes out from behind a banner by himself. Yeah, he coordinated this giant entrance for himself. The rest of the team is already there. And he comes out in a sponsored jersey and does, like, a fucking read for this flower shop in town. Yeah, so the coach yells at him and the ref is like, you need to suspend Alex or I will bench the team for the rest of the season, which apparently he has the power to do. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so the coach suspends him. Um, at home, Dad tells Alex that he's disappointed in him, and Alex says that, oh, well, it's your fault because you told him that I had to help pay for the car, so I was just looking for some money. Um, and Dad said, no, that's not our agreement. I said if you paid insurance, I would consider helping you buy the car if your attitude improved. So Dad says, well, with all this time you have uh, with your suspension, lift, or with your suspension you're going to do chores around the house. So, Emily pulls, oh, this is when Emily pulls Alex out to the front yard where the bumblebees are getting dropped off to show the parents that someone's in charge. Yeah, uh, none of the parents are concerned that they don't have a new den mother. They're just like, oh, it's fine for them to hang out with Emily's 16-year-old well, there's brother. there's multiple meetings where we see, like, the bumblebees just hanging out by themselves, like, in the empty school. Yeah, I don't get that either. <laughs> Um, so the girls, uh, go into Alex's room where she's playing a video game and they're like, listen, like, your plan didn't work. None of her parents can be dead mom. Emily asks Alex to take them to the community center for a basket decorating party with other troops in the area. So they might scout out a new leader. Yeah, Alex becomes interested when he hears that Matisse is a leader for one of the other troops. Um, so they arrive at the community center and Alex tells Matisse that he is the junior helper for Emily's troop in order to impress her. Um, we see this, like, dictator den mother, her, whose name is Dina, like, leading the decorating. She's like, everything, your uniforms have to be precise, Every all the baskets have to look the same and pristine, and she's insane. Yeah. Um, so Alex calls this flower shop in order to get a professionally made basket. Because he doesn't want to make his own. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, Dina sees that the this bumblebee troop, like Alex and his sisters, aren't following the specific directions. And she approaches Even Alex. Even though their baskets literally, literally look the same as everyone else's. Yeah. He, she approaches Alec, Alex and then she realizes that Alex's leadership is why the baskets are bad. And Alex is like, do you think that everyone wants the exact same basket? Which I agree with. Like, no, I don't think they do. But she's like, yes, they do. We must have consistency. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, well, you guys aren't even going to exist soon because you don't have a den mother and that's when alex gets like defensive for some reason yeah he's like we do have a den mother her name is mrs zamboni and she's at home with strep throat yeah um so dina says oh well i'll just meet her at the next group meeting and yeah that's whenever matisse comes over and just tells alex that he needs to take this more seriously <laughs> 
Um, and that's whenever Alex takes out the pre-made basket that he bought, and everyone is so impressed. And Alex, yeah. Even though there's, like, it's, like, wrapped in cellophane, which is definitely not something that anyone brought to the It's meeting. not the same size as any of the baskets. He obviously didn't make it himself. I don't right. know why they're impressed. Uh, but then Alex tells the troop that he promises to find them a den mother, and in the meantime, he will be, like, their den mother. And they all cheer, and they're all excited. Yeah, so Alex is at the sporting goods store that his hockey coach owns, um, the coach says that he can't reinstate him yet uh, because the flower shop that Alex got to sponsor him was the ref's flower shop competitor. And the ref also just happens to be married to Dina, the troop leader. Yeah, so the coach says that it's two weeks at the least, um, but we, they have to wait for the ref to calm down. Um, the ref is also the uh, All-Stars coach, and he says that it would take a miracle to win him over. So that's when Matisse enters the store for camping gear. Camping gear because she's prepping for campery, which I have some problems about campery, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, Alice, Alex goes up to her and they start talking and he's like, listen, I want to ask you. And she's like, oh, I know what this is about. And yeah, it sounds like a good idea. You're asking me for a ride to the Bumblebee Leadership powwow tomorrow. Yeah. So... Um, the next day, at some point, and maybe this is the next day, maybe this is later in the day, I don't know, Alex is gonna go play basketball. Yeah, he tries to leave the Bumblebee meeting, um, and he's like, well, I'm the Den brother, so I don't have to stay. But that's when- But they're like, a Bumblebee's word is her bow. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, that's whenever Alex runs into Dad in the kitchen, and Dad is like, what the fuck are you doing? You have to stay and do your chores, like I fucking told you. You can't just go- And watch your eight-year-old sister and all of her friends. Yeah. So, Alex calls, uh, Oh, Goose. Dad, Dad is also like, um, you don't just need to do your chores, you also need to change your attitude. Yeah. Um, that's when Alex manipulates the Bumblebee troop into doing all of his chores for Yeah, him. he just Tom Sawyers them into doing everything. He lies, or, wait, it's not even this, yeah, not yet. So, this is when the neighbor approaches, her name is Mrs. J, we'll meet her later, really, but she watches the girls doing all the work, and she doesn't say anything, but she's just very she obviously judging Alex, as she should. Yeah, so later at night, Dad comes home to a spotless yard, and he is impressed that Alex went above and beyond, um, and Alex just takes complete credit for it. Emily and all of her friends are asleep in the living room. I guess that they got the okay to have a sleepover. I guess their parents aren't coming to pick them up. It doesn't look like they're having a sleepover. I don't understand. I don't know. He worked them to sleep. Yeah, so the next day, Dad surprises Alex with a car, but it's a piece of junk. It's a fixer-upper, and Dad's like, oh, I fixed up my first car, and you get to do the same. You get to learn how to build it and fix it yourself. It'll be great. And he's like, also, the toys that I gave you weren't much of a challenge, so here's more. Yeah, um, this so- is when Alex tries to convince the Bumblebee troop to help him with his chores again, but they're like, no, we need to, we need to earn more badges for Campery, because to get into Campery, <clears throat> you not only have to have a certain amount of badges, but you also have to sell a certain amount of bo- of Girl Scout, or er, Bumblebee cookies, I suppose. I couldn't tell you a single badge that I had. I found all of my badges, but I don't know how I earned any of them. Yeah, I think they I just gave them to us randomly. I don't know what they were. There was one for April Showers. What is, just learning what it is? No, did you not do that? You had to go and, like, put plastic bags on people's doors, and then they would fill it up with, uh, like, goods. 
No. For, like, homeless shelters, and then you came and, like, took them back? Nope, we never did that. It was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> My Girl Scout experience was a lot different than a lot of people's, apparently. Like, I never went to Girl Scout camp or anything like that, so. I did. I feel like I missed out on a lot of it. We mostly just did crafts, and they would sometimes, like, teach us about things. Like, I think one of the times they taught us about, like, stranger danger, or, like, yeah, like kitchen we, safety. We definitely did stuff, but <laughs> we were all so obnoxious. Yeah, I just, like, I only remember being obnoxious. It was just, like, snacks, talking, and a craft. Oh God, the tea that was spilt at Girl Scout meetings. Oh, <laughs> We didn't have much tea, because our, our troop, uh, disbanded when we were in, like, fourth grade, fifth grade. My so. mom, for a long time, was, like, the assistant leader, and then in second grade, me and my friend were both gonna quit at the same time, and I felt so bad. I was, because my mom was like, well, I still kind of want to be a leader. <laughs> and I, like, started crying. I was like, mom's gonna hate me because I don't want to be a Girl Scouts anymore. <laughs> but then, like, when it came time, my mom was like, do you really not want to be in Girl Scouts anymore? And I was like, no, just keep me in. But then, like, my other friend who said that she was gonna quit with me, she did end up quitting. I never felt bad about that. <laughs> but yeah, we, we did... The Marion Award. Apparently the Girl Scouts, I'm just not realizing this, the Girl Scouts are Catholic. <laughs> are they? Because there's, like, awards that we did that were definitely Catholic. There's one called the Marion Award that's, well, like, solely based on Mary. But isn't there, like, a separation, too? Because, like, maybe. our friend, our roommate Maddie did it, like, through public school, Oh, yeah, school, that though. makes sense. Yeah. Well, like, the way we did it, I mean, like, maybe it was, like, specific for, like, our school. Yeah. But, like, we definitely had, and, like, there was one award called I Live My Faith. Yeah. Well, because I know that in our troop, we had a few girls from PSR in our troop, mm -hmm. or, like, just people, like, from the That's parish. public school religion. Like, oh, after yeah. school religion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, religion classes once a week for kids in public school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forget that not everyone knows these ling this lingo. <laughs> well, even in other places, like, where there are Catholic churches, I think they call it, like, other stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah. I did... I did, like, Girl Scout camp in the summer. That, like, wasn't, like, I don't even know if there was really, there's, like, maybe, like, one or two other people who were, like, in my troop, but it was, like, Girl Scouts from, like, all over, um, like, the city. Um, and it was, like, Oscar-themed at the very end. Everyone, like, did a performance, and all the other groups got to do, like, cool songs, like Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, and The Miracles Can Happen from Princess Diaries, and we had to do the fucking locomotion. I was so angry. <laughs> I never got to go. Um, and well, it was, was never offered, so. There was one thing. I was really young. It was, like, a school-wide, like, Girl Scout thing. Like, back when my school was very, <laughs> had a good enrollment. <laughs> and there was one thing where we were separated into, like, ages. I don't remember. I remember, like, I got a candle. Like, a, like, full, like, Mary candle. <laughs> and I don't really remember what we did, but I do remember I was going to, like, sit because we were separated into, like, different groups. There was, like, only one of my other friends in this group. And we, like, went down to, like, sit at, like, the little bench in the cafeteria. And I sat down, like, across from my friend who I wanted to sit by. But then I sat down next to this other girl who's a year older than me. And I sit down, and this girl just goes, I know where babies come from. <laughs> and then I, like, scooted down the bench. And my friend was like, what are you doing? Like, come on, like, come sit by me. And I'm just, like, like trying to, like, point to that girl. Like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That was not my experience with Girl Scouts. <laughs> and then, like, we actually went camping whenever my mom stepped down as assistant because, like, my sister was, like, starting high school and my brother was in second grade, which is, like, when you get your reconciliation and first communion. And my mom was, like, that's too much. She was also, like, working at the time. And so that's when another mom came up. And she was, like, the camping mom. So that's, we went camping a couple times. 
I, like I said, never went to Girl Scout camp, and I always thought it was, like, I assumed that Girl Scout camp was what was on, what used to be on, like, the boxes of Thin Mints and stuff. Like, it would be girls, like, on zip lines and, like, yeah. doing rope climbing courses. <laughs> no, I did courses. not go to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that that, I mean, I know it existed. That's why it was on the boxes, but that's what I assumed. So whenever I heard people be like, oh, I went to Girl Scout camp, I was like, oh, my God, you guys are rich? No. <laughs> <laughs> There was a there were a couple girls in our troop that were like more devoted and would go and do things, but I think they were just like a small little group and they, only they did it. Like they were the only ones. They didn't invite other people to do it. I probably wouldn't have done it even if they did, but yeah, there was no one who was more devoted than the other. Like I said, we just There was one girl who <laughs> we were went just to obnoxious and goofed around. One girl who went to Girl Scout camp because uh, we had to make sit-upons one time at our meeting. Yeah, I made sit-upons. You bring those to Girl Scout camp, and none of us were going except for the one girl, so then we just <laughs> randomly had sit-upons. Yeah, I remember, wait, did I have, I know my sister made one, definitely, whenever she went to, like, a Girl Scout camp, like the one I described. Also, it was so uncomfortable. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what a sit-upon is, it is a, it's one of those, like, little, like, rugs just like, like a, a little mat, yeah, a little of. like rectangle rug, and then with we, like the thinnest layer of like cushioning. <laughs> we put yeah, we just put like vinyl covering over it, basically. Like it was like a tablecloth, but like the ones that don't like get messy. And then you sewed it on with like, with, um, with like zip ties. Well, we didn't do we didn't do <laughs> no, zip ties. We did it like, wasn't zip ties. It was very. Thick. It's the like plasticky material that you make those like keychains out of. Yeah. That's what we sewed it with. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And it was the ugliest pattern either. They only had like this one material for us to use. I don't. I think I probably threw my sit upon away like the day after I made it. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't have a use for this. Why would they make me make this? Yeah. <laughs> so. That's our tangent about Girl Scouts. <laughs> yeah, my my Girl Scout troop, we were we were a solid group. Miss you, homies. Troop 951, <laughs> miss y'all. <laughs> yeah. But in the movie, the Bumblebees, they need to get these uh, badges. badges. And so Alex is like, well, why would you learn how to build a fire when I could get you four badges at once? And so he just makes them do their chores. Yeah. And he colors on these badges, like makes his own badges for them. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's literally, like, working on the engine on his car and, like, painting the fence. Well, yeah, and so as the girls are all trying to fix his car, that's when Dina approaches. And so they're like, Rachel, go stall as we hide and figure out what to do. So Rachel goes and stalls, and inside they're all making a fake Mrs. Zamboni out of Alex. Like, they put dressing on his face and cucumbers over his eyes. And, like, his hair in a towel and put a blanket over him. Yeah. And so whenever Dina walks in, they're like, oh, we're having a go-for-it home spa. Yeah. And then Dina asks uh, Mrs. Zamboni, like, will you be at the leadership meeting? But Alex, as Mrs. Zamboni, says no. uh, She isn't feeling well. Again, he already used that excuse. It's funny because he's a man pretending to be a woman. Oh, my God. And so he talks in, like, a really high-pitched voice. Yeah, I, it's very much, like, trying to be funny, like, Mrs. Doubtfire, but obviously is not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, Dina tells Mrs. Zamboni to watch out for that Alex kid closely, because she doesn't trust him. Um, and then she leaves. Then, Emily freaks out, because she learns that Alex has a date with Matisse, and by date, he means going to the leadership meeting Going to the Bumblebee leadership powwow. Yeah, so the girls start brainstorming on how to help him prep for the date. Yeah, because when I'm eight years old, and I hear that my friend's cute older brother is gonna go on a date, I'm like, how should we help him? I'm not, like, uncomfortable the entire time, because there's a teenage boy in my presence. <laughs> 
they fucking put gel in his hair. They're trying to make him look like a vampire because vampires were very in. Yeah, it's 2010. They wax his lip and give him new clothes and talking points. Um, they fucking take his car and Rachel's like, my dad owns an auto body shop and just like basically redo his entire car. It's like make it brand new. Just casually. Yeah, uh, at this point, too, Alex is, like, about to get in his car, and that's whenever the neighbor comes over, and it basically just subtly calls him out for using the bumblebees to, like, do his chores instead of helping them, like, do what they're supposed to do, but he just, like, writes it off because he's Alex. So he goes to pick up Matisse, and Matisse is like, oh, I like your look. She's, like, trying something new, and he's like, oh, the bumblebees did this, and then she's like, oh, I like it even more now. Ha <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, so get, then he gets a text from his eight-year-old sister that says, remember to talk about her. Yeah, because Alex only does care about himself. So they get in the car, and he asks why Matisse does this. And she's like, oh, like, I am a bumblebee, and I just think it's, like, important for girls to feel empowered and, like, do this and whatever. And she's glad to help her sister do it. And then she's like, I'm impressed by you helping the troop. Like, not a lot of guys would do that. You're a good guy. Yeah, so we immediately cut to the meeting, and it's literally just, like, five other moms and Dina in what I presume is Dina's house. Yeah. Um, Dina is taking count of all the cookie boxes that each troop has sold. Um, yeah, this is when we learn you have to sell a certain amount of cookies to get into Camp Marie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dina points to her, like, golden bumblebee badges, and the only way to get them is to be the champion troop of Camp Marie, and this point is never brought up again. So yeah. we don't really care. Um, she asks Alex how their troop is. And Alex is like, oh, I don't have the exact number. I think we're behind, but that's okay. We're going to go to the mall on Saturday and sell cookies. And everyone gasps. They're like, what? That is where Dina's troop sells cookies. And Alex is like, I don't think it's fair for you to have a mall monopoly on who can sell cookies. Yeah, he like makes this speech about how we should all work together. And he proposes a contest to see who can sell the most cookies at the mall on Saturday. And whoever wins can continue selling at the mall. Even though that still just reinforces her own idea of just one person having territory over the mall. Yeah, so, uh, that's the end. Alex drives Matisse home, and again, Matisse is impressed by him. She's like, that was really cool how you stood up for everyone back there. And that's and the end. him on the cheek. Yeah. Um, so then we go to the cookie sale at the mall, where everyone has, like, full signage, which costs a lot of money. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, Alex gives the troop a pep talk outside of the mall. He tells everyone to be themselves and sell their cookies. There's, like, this little background plot line that's, like, his little sister likes being a princess and, like, likes princessy things, so she's about to take off her princess crown. But he's like, no, be yourself. Yeah, because Dina's always like, you have to be in your full bumblebee uniform, which is, like... A beret. A, a beret, a vest, a shirt with, like, a little, like, bow tie, a skirt, and rain boots. <laughs> and uh, knee-high socks. Knee-high socks, yeah. yes. Um, and so if Emily, like, wants to wear a tiara, she'll be like, no, you can't do that. But, but Alex the, says you can. Yeah, but then all the other girls start, you know, wearing whatever they want with their uniforms. Um, so inside, Troop, Troop 57 is uh, using some creative techniques to sell their cookies. Yeah, they have a gun that shoots the cookies to yeah, people. they have a t-shirt kit. That's gonna hurt. Also, then they, they shoot it to random people, and then the people pay. If I were that person, I'd be like, you gave this to me. Yeah. You can't make me pay. Um, they're, like, faking autographs from celebrities on their boxes. 
Yeah, so um, Dina sees this and sees that they are selling a lot of cookies, and she comes over to yell at them. She demands to speak to Mrs. Zamboni, or they're disqualified. So I Alex- wanna, I want to point out that some of the cookie names are mentioned, including Thick Mints yeah. and Peanut Butter Buttes. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one time, whenever we were in the movie theater, we were talking about Girl Scout cookies, and, like, the guy with two rows behind us is just like, hey, do si Yeah! We were, okay, I'm pretty sure we were going to see three, three billboards, billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Like, we're at the, like, special movies where they only show, like, indie shit. And yeah, guy, it's like, it's like in an expensive hotel. Yeah, and so this guy, like, three rows back is listening to us talk. Like, we had to, I don't remember why we were there like so we were, early. I feel like we were, it was, like, Girl Scout cookie season. Yeah. Because so, it was, it was, like, Oscar season, so it was, like, coming up. Up. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I need to find a Girl Scout so I can get some Thin Mints. I was like, maybe some Tagalongs. I think we were talking about, like, how, like, often they change their names because the companies are different. Yeah. Or I think we were talking about, like, like what Dosi Dos were called, like, before they were, uh, like, in the well, middle. Yeah, and certain places call them, like, peanut butter patties or, like, yeah, this Samoas are called, uh, <laughs> Caramel Delights. Delights. Yeah. And some guy's just like, they're Dosi Dos. Like, we weren't talking to you. And he's, like, with a group of, like, five other people. Well, and they were, like, we were, like, in our or early 20s, like, 2021, and he was, like, 30 looking, it looked like, and, and like, then, we're also very young for, like, we, we look, look very young yeah. for our age. And then he's just like, yeah, dosi dos are my favorite, and I was like, dosi dos are, like, not the worst, but, like. Yeah, also, like, what a controversial opinion. Yeah, I would never pick dosi dos. <laughs> Whose favorite is dosi dos? If you want peanut butter, get tagalongs. Like, you want the chocolate and peanut butter. It was, it was just so weird. It was also, it was definitely, like, a weekday night at, like, 9 p.m. or something. Yeah. That's when, like, they were cheap. Yeah. I was telling my boss today, because we were talking about, like, speeding tickets. Mm-hmm. So I got a speeding ticket coming home at, like, 10 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Um, and she was like, what were you doing at, like, a Tuesday night? And I'm like, it's $5 Tuesdays at the movie theater. Oh, my God. I can't wait to see movies again. And she's like, it's so late. And I'm like, I was 22 and in college. <laughs> like, what else am I going to do on a Tuesday night? Gotta save your money. See those movies. It's five dollar Tuesday, and I love movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we literally go to like different movie theaters on different days because that's when they have discounts. Oh my god! Do you remember the summer, like the few weeks of Movie Pass when it like worked fully and you could just go and you, you would just pay us so well. Oh my god! Wow. And we didn't even. Ugh, if we had only signed up earlier, imagine all the I money. I was skeptical. I know. I was skeptical. I was right to be. <laughs> well, towards the end, but we could have gotten in at the beginning and just used the hell out of it. Ugh, amazing. Anyway. <laughs> um, Dina asks to speak to Mrs. Zamboni, and Alex says she's shopping in that store over there. Um, so Dina goes into the store to find her, and Alex pretends to be Mrs. Zamboni from, like, inside the dressing room. And again, all these jokes are made. It's funny because it's a plus-size woman's clothing store. Ha 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 Yeah, uh... And Dina's just like, you need to get your troop under control. They're not following the rules. They're doing weird stuff. Is that what you want? And then Alex is basically just like, worry about your own troop. Like, fuck off. Why are you so concerned about them? Uh, that's when Matisse approaches and Dina, like, runs off. Uh, Matisse is like, Mrs. Zamboni, is that you? And Alex is like, Matisse, oh, Alex talks about you all the time. She's like, he talks about me. And then, he, and then as Mrs. Zamboni, he's like, you should go out with Alex. He's a great kid and, you know, you're really going to miss out. And yeah, so that's it. Um, Alex exits the shop and, re- and he learns that Troop 57 won the cookie contest. Yay! But, um... 
That's the whenever, <laughs> yeah, these girls from Dina's troop come over, and they start making fun of the girls for their badges, like, the fake badges that Alex- Because they're, like, very clearly handmade. Like, what did you get those for? Yeah, and Alex tries to stick up for them. He's like, those are individualized study badges, which apparently are a thing. He's like, um- It's like, no, I looked it up, like, it's cool. Yeah, but Matisse is like, they can't have all of those badges. Like, they need to have- like, one to two. yeah. Um, and one girl is, like, and like, what was that badge for? And the girl's, like, for making Alex a sandwich. And they go, bumblebees? More like wannabes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, like, all the other girls make fun of them. Matisse is mad at Alex for doing this, and she walks away. And then all of the girls are hurt by what he did. Yeah, and all those badges don't count toward campery eligibility. Yeah, so they need to not only continue to sell cookies, but also get their badges yes. to go to campery. So Goose sits next to Alex in an empty rink. Apparently they just had a hockey game. They just won their fourth game in a row without Alex. Hmm. hmm. I wonder why. Um, and Goose <coughs> Alex is like, oh, I'm so upset because... Emily hates me, and Matisse hates me, and Goose is like, oh, so you didn't really come here to support yeah. the team. Goose thought that he came there to, like, watch the game and support him, but he just needed someone to complain to. So, again, Goose calls him out. He's like, you're being selfish. Like, you're not being a good friend. He's like, you are the problem! <laughs> yeah, but Alex just simply does not listen to it and leaves. He's like, I have to fix it so Emily and Matisse won't be mad. Yeah, um, not to, like, fix the actual problem. Yeah, so at the meeting, uh, the Bumblebees agree that they're mad at Alex, but they still need him. Again, they're just, like, in their school alone by themselves. Yeah, I guess no one was made aware that they don't have uh, yeah. an adult chaperone. So they notice these binoculars hanging on the wall with a map. So, like, they take the binoculars and follow the map to the next clue outside, which then leads them to a park. How did these eight-year-old girls go from their elementary school... To a park by themselves. Well, later on in the movie, they mentioned this is a small town, so... Okay, I... Maybe it's small enough for them, the park, to be down the street from the school. Maybe. Um, Alex is there with, like, all this stuff, and he's going to give them real badges, um, or help them earn five more badges for campery. So we get this montage of, like, starting fires and pitching tents and... First aid and all this stuff. Yeah, so they get all of their badges, and then Alex is like, okay, we're caught up on badges, we're still behind on cookies, and sales are closed. Yeah. And so he's like, well, what are we gonna do? They decide to sell muffins instead, which I don't, you can't do that? You can't just interchange cookies for muffins? I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe they could have a fundraiser. Like maybe it was, like, just a money problem. Maybe it's not, like, exactly how many cookies you need. Yeah, so it's they're... It's not explained, but anyway, they're gonna sell muffins. They have to sell 415 muffins each. Each one of them has to. I don't know how much these muffins cost. Yeah. <laughs> like, girl, like, surcharge a little bit. Well, yeah, and then they're also like, okay, we should sell Upcharge, them somewhere... Definitely. Yeah, they're like, we should sell them somewhere where people are gonna be hungry and they're gonna want warm, fresh muffins, and so they're like, we'll go to the playoff hockey game, or the pre-playoff hockey game, and Alex is like, I can't be seen there. Yeah, and Alex they're like, is like a little butthurt about it at first. Well, yeah, so. and they're like, you're embarrassed to be seen with us, and he's like, no, I just don't want Dina to ask about Mrs. Zamboni. I guess I'll have to be Mrs. Zamboni. Yeah, so there we get we see them like baking muffins, and he's like, "Yeah, he's like, no one can know that I'm with you because we need Mrs. Zamboni." So Rachel gives him this eight year old girl gives him professional level prosthetics mm -hmm. um, to make him look like an old woman. Um, so the girls start selling muffins. They, they each have like their own little like um, trays to sell muffins. Um, Dina spots them, 
and threatens to call headquarters because they don't have a dead mother, but that's when Mrs. Zamboni arrives, and it's Alex in a costume. Ahaha. Um, Dad also arrives to watch the game. Yeah, Alex, like, watches the game as he's going around selling muffins, and he's, like, getting into it, like, realizing, hmm, maybe this team exists without me. But that's whenever they're down by one, and the coach is like, ugh, fucking terrible coach. Yeah, the coach is like, ugh, we're down by one, what are we gonna do? And as Mrs. Zamboni, he's like, you should put Alex in, he's the best player on the team. And the coach is like, he's not here, if he was, I'd end his suspension and put him on now. So immediately, Alex takes off his wig, goes out onto the ice, still, like, fully in prosthetics and costume. Yeah, he has time to put on the skates that quickly. He puts on his skates and his helmet, and that's it. Yeah, it takes a long time to lace up skates. Also, I'm pretty sure you have to be in your uniform, and for games, you have to be checked in, like, you're gonna be at the game, but whatever. Like, he literally just, like, comes off, like, from the audience, but it doesn't matter because he immediately scores to win the game. Yeah. Um, but everyone's, like, Goose is angry at him, Dad's disappointed, Dina's calling headquarters, and- And the Bumblebees are pissed because- The Bumblebees are pissed. They blew his cover. And Matisse is upset. Yeah. So at home, Emily is mad at him, Alex goes into Dad's office, and he's like- he asks for punishment because he's like, I need to, like, do something to make it better. But Dad is like, I'm not going to punish you because I want you to feel the consequences of letting down your sister. And you're not just going to, like, take a punishment and make up for it and then you feel better because that's what you do. Um, there's no way to fix it. So Alex uh, is, like, angrily shooting balls into a hockey net outside when Mrs. J's dog runs up to him. So he goes across the street to return the dog and she... Heard what happened and invites him in. And, and she shows off her, her bumblebee sashes that are on the wall. And she's like, that's my daughter's and my granddaughter's and mine. And so uh, that's whenever Alex sees this picture on the wall. And it's a picture of his mom. And she's like, oh, my mom's in that. And she's like, oh, yeah, I was your mom's, like, troop leader. She was in the same troop as my daughter's. Um, and that's whenever Alex is made aware of the bumblebee motto that includes responsibility, integrity, and doing the right thing. Yeah, she's like, she's like, in order to be a bumblebee, you have to follow the code, responsibility, integrity, fidelity. Yeah. Um, and so she agrees to be the troop's dead mother if Alex will help him around the house. I don't know why she didn't offer to be the dead mother to begin with. I don't know. She literally saw, like, this whole shit show going down. She had to teach Alex a lesson the hard way. I guess. Yeah, so Alex shows up to the chaperone, chaperone-less again, uh, Bumblebee playing meeting. basketball. Yeah, he apologizes. Who brought the, like, I wrote in my notes, who brought them there to this unchaperoned meeting? He apologizes to the troop, and Emily says, sorry's not gonna get them into Camp Avree. Uh, but then he's like, well, I found someone who can, and he shows off Mrs. J. And then Mrs. J is like, hey, can I talk to the girls alone? So Alex leaves, and Miss J is like, do you guys know what fidelity means? And they're like, loyalty. And she's like, even though Alex is a dick and let you all down, you need to be loyal to him. He's like, she's like, he's also not completely to blame because you also, like, put up with this lie and... I don't really, they're eight-year-old yeah, girls. I don't think you can blame them, but whatever. Yeah, so she's like, how about a go for it of forgiveness? <laughs> yeah. So, at the game. Yeah, uh, the big hockey game again. Alex is back on the team. Um, he backs down from smack talk, so you know he's changed. Well, yeah, and the coach says the plan is to always pass the puck to Alex. And then that's whenever Alex is like, apologizes to the team. And he's like, you know, I think that Goose deserves to be the captain because he's been a better player and more team player. And then Goose is like, here, you can have this. I just want you to be a good captain, like, not selfish. 
Yeah, so they go out and they do this play where they don't pass it to Alex. Alex, like, stays back as, like, a decoy, and the other teammates immediately score. Um, so, like, this whole game, Alex is, like, getting beat up because the other team expects the puck to be passed to him, but it's not. He's not, like, getting the puck at all. He's and they just, don't catch on to that yeah, at all. He's just used as, as a distraction. Um, so, at the very end of the game, Alex, like, has a breakaway, but he ends up passing it to Goose for the winning goal. Um, Goose. Yeah, I said Ice Town's win. It doesn't really make it clear if they do. Like, we hear cheering, but then they, like, <laughs> look like they sadly walk off the ice. So I, I don't guess. know if they won or not. I don't. Oh, I just assume that they won. Um, yeah. After the game, Goose reveals that he made the all-star team, and Alex is, like, not happy, or not jealous, but he's happy for him. Yeah. Um, the troop cheers for Alex. Dad is there, too, and they're all happy and proud. Um, they remember that Camperee is tomorrow, and the troop asks Alex to be their dead mother, and he agrees. I don't know why he couldn't have just done that earlier. Why couldn't he have just said he's the den mother? He even said he'd be the acting No, yeah, what was mother. the point of having the neighbor come in? I don't know. So anyway, we get to Camperee. Camperee <laughs> is an indoor convention. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, like you said, like it's fucking like Girl Scout camp on the boxes. Like there's making a, there's s'mores over here. They're making a fire. They're canoeing. They're ziplining. They're rock climbing. They're all, it's a fucking indoor convention yeah they're inside of a gym and there's like these tents these very cultural appropriation tents up everywhere like why was matisse getting camping gear to be in a crowded gym i i am maybe this is just the inside of the event and they do camp outside maybe we don't see the rest of the event i wish they would explain that but like <laughs> i'm hearing about campery this whole movie i'm expecting some big camping extravaganza but it's just like i don't know a station where you can make a fake s'more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was so disappointed. <laughs> well, they go to sign into Camperee, and that's when Dina comes up and says, without a den mother, there is no Troop also, 57. Like, this is the big event of the year. What is this shit? We don't get to see the rest of it. We only <laughs> see the very beginning. Uh, you, yeah, like she says, without a den mother, there is no Troop 57, but Alex says that I'm the den mother, and Emily comes up with the receipts from the book and says that Alex can be, but that's when Dina says, the den mother must be in, uh, the den, den mother in Campery must be in full dress uniform. So that's whenever Matisse pulls Alex over and somehow gives him a, like, full, like, a, a sized uniform for a teenage boy. Yeah, so he comes out so in his skirt and his everything. Skirt. Wow. Uh, Dina complains to her husband, which is the ref, and she's like, uh. Like, stop him! He's making a mockery of the campery. Yeah, so that's whenever the ref goes over and is just like, you've shown great leadership. Here, You get the last spot on the all-star team. And Alex is like, okay, but only if it doesn't interfere with Bumblebee meetings. Ah, and so then he's Matisse changed. kisses him on the cheek and the movie ends. That, yeah, that's it. That's the end of the movie. I hated this movie. I want to know who wins Campery. Yeah, we don't get to know who won Camp. What is the competition? I want to know about Campery. How do you win Campery? And also, I feel like if the whole point of, like, like Bumblebee's is Girl Scouts, right? And the whole point of Girl Scouts is not a competition. It's, no. in fact, the opposite of that. The so highest... why are they being so, like, um, exclusionary? The highest award you can earn in Girl Scouts is the, oh, fuck, Golden Oak Award. I think that's what it's called. And it's literally just, like, something you do, like, you take it on, like, completely yourself. Like, it's not a competition. Like an Eagle Scout project. Yeah, you, like, basically start, like, this community service project and, like, do all these things. I would have never, I never considered it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I think I stopped Girl Scouts in, like, fourth or fifth grade, so my experience is limited. But we do have a Girl Scout forever living with us. She paid the fee and everything. (laughs) 
at one point, I just stopped getting, like, the vests and sashes, because I was like, I'm not gonna use them. I never got, I only had hand-me-downs. So I had hand-me-downs <laughs> from, like, uh, family friends. So I had the brownie stuff. I never had a daisy, sa- or a daisy like, apron thing. I had a daisy apron, and my mom just stapled the petals on. <laughs> I, okay, I didn't even have one. And then, there were the people in my class, I had, ugh, I had the brownie vest. I wanted I had the brownie vest. sash. Oh, I, we didn't even have a choice for a sash. It wasn't until we were a junior. Some of the people in our class had the sash and they had their like their patches ironed on and they looked so good and mine was just plain I guess I guess I didn't realize that you could like iron them on so I never asked my mom to and because I was the only daughter I don't think she like thought to do that mm-hmm. and so I was just sad and disappointed that everyone else had their patches on and there I was patchless I definitely had a brownie vest with patches but I think whenever I got to fifth grade my mom was like I'm not buying you a vest it mine didn't even have like the troop number blah 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 <laughs> No one told my mom to put that on there. And I was a kid and number. didn't know how to do that. No, I do not remember my troop number. <laughs> I had no idea. I'm sure I'm sure it's on some of the stuff that I have from Girl Scouts in my parents' house and a box of special stuff. But don't remember off the top of my head. There was four numbers. This movie made me be like, if I ever have a child, I should be their Girl Scout leader. But then I was like, then I'd have to do April showers and I don't want to do that. <laughs> See, if I have a daughter and she wants to do Girl Scouts, I will be one of the helper moms. I that was my mom. <laughs> I don't want to be a leader. <laughs> no, I don't want to be the leader. To this day, my Girl Scout troop leader were, was still tight. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I wanted to bring up. If you want to watch a movie about a man who leads a young girl's Girl Scout type troop, watch The Pacifier. <laughs> it's so much better. Oh, well, I did. Okay, I wanted to talk about this. I forgot about it because we got off topic again. But um, I, the idea of this movie is there. It really is. And I think it could have been better. There are many ways. Let me explain some of them. Number one, if we went more into their mother's death and how that's traumatic and how Alex is basically responsible for his eight-year-old sister at 16, mm-hmm. I think that there would have been a lot more sympathy for Alex. There's a parallel in Full House. Um, Stephanie was a bumblebee. It was like a full-on like Halloween like bumblebee costume. Mm-hmm. And DJ ended up like being sort of that... Because I think like one of the... <laughs> like Joey tried or something, but it like didn't work, and Stephanie just felt left out. So like DJ sort of had to like step in and take that role because Aunt Becky wasn't there yet. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like I think you have to understand that like he is a sixteen year old boy, and this is a lot of responsibility that he didn't ask for. Like right. he's having to take care of his sister. Also, I I want to point out we didn't mention this because it was stupid, but they have a housekeeper. Yeah, she's really old. I don't know why they wouldn't just, like, pay for, like, a nanny who would also clean or something. Right, so it doesn't seem to me like Dad needs to work 24-7. Yeah, I don't know. Like, he's a college professor, so he's got, like, all these crazy hours. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But I I wanted to say, like, I get what they were trying to do. And, like, as someone who has older brothers and, like, with the significant age gap, like, there were times where my brothers would, like, drive me to practice or, like, wherever I needed to go. And I think that that was annoying for them because they had to, like, take care of me. And, like, it was something, again, they didn't sign up for. So I have a little bit of sympathy for that. But they didn't make that what it was. (laughs) Yeah, he never really expressed any sort of resentment toward it. I feel like it would have been better for Alex's, like, character development if he and Emily, like, weren't really that close to begin with. Because, like, their relationship, like, doesn't really change throughout the movie. And I feel like if, like, by the end of it, like, um, he, like, doesn't, like, learn to, like, be a caretaker, but just, like, learns to, like, be a good brother. Like, it, 
or like at least like make that more obvious because like he is like a good brother to Emily like yeah they get along he like he's nice to her <laughs> yeah but I feel like it, it would like his character development would make like more of a lasting impact if that was part of the plot and I also feel like dad could also maybe be like hey I'm sorry that I'm forcing you to take care of your <laughs> yeah. little sister that's not your job that's my job also I pay a housekeeper why can't she take care of her yeah so, um, I feel like I had another idea about how it could have been better. Oh, yeah, they could have, like, I think him being a jerk character and then having, like, the redemption arc, like, that's fine, but they had five minutes to do it, um, so that could have just been better in general. Like, it could have been a gradual, like, as he's with the bumblebees, he learns how to be better, better, and then the turning point would yeah, be, like, he when could, he denies he the like, bumblebees. He doesn't, it's not really clear, like, they say, like, all the time, like, a bumblebee's code is, like, responsibility, blah, 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 and, like, he eventually learns that, but I feel like they could go more in like the like um importance of teamwork like specifically from the bumblebees like you yeah. can take that and use it toward the team yeah well I just wanted to say like this wasn't good but it could have been better like it didn't have to be as bad as it was and th- I feel like the potential was there and I wanted to bring that up it was just so poorly and lazily made and yeah. like we know Disney can make a decent movie yeah exactly <laughs> it just was not here yeah this was not one of them sorry um, to whoever made this I didn't look it up I want to point out, it's been a while since I've updated our DCOM sports movie list. Oh, yes. There's been a couple additions that I did not add. So, obviously, hold on, we're up to 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 33. So, obviously, we have hockey for Den Brother. Um, I added, okay, this might be controversial, but I added High School Musical 2, and I put it only in golf. Because basketball's not really in, like, basketball and baseball, they're, like, in the movie, but I feel like they don't, like contribute to the plot as much as the golfing does. I think I Don't Dance contributes to the plot. <laughs> I'm talking about Troy specifically. <laughs> um, and then there was something else that I added. Oh, I added Basketball for High School Musical 3 because obviously it's uh, a much bigger um, role in the movie. And I think that is it. Yeah, I mean, the niche short sports movies are pretty much done with for now. Yeah. There might be one or more, one or two more, but we got the major ones. <laughs> So how did you rate and rank Den Brother? I gave this a one out of five, and I put it at number 86 below Can of Worms and above Ready to Run. I gave this a two out of five. Um, I put this at number 63, Northern Lights is above it, and Tiger Cruise is below it. But I feel like what I said, I gave it more uh, for the potential for that what it, it could had. have been. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> and also because, like, I do have older brothers, and so I did have that experience of them, like, helping me, like, do stuff or whatever. So... I, I felt a little bit related to the story, but... I did not. I mean, my mother is alive. She just worked <laughs> and was busy. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Next week, we have Camp Rock 2. Uh-oh. <laughs> Camp Rock! <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Bye. We'll see you then. <laughs>